Mac Jones is ripped. Matt Patricia is calling plays. The Celtics are title favorites. And The Ringer has a new Boston show. I'm Brian Barrett, host of Off the Pike, the show covering all things Boston sports. I'll have shows multiple times a week covering your favorite teams and with your favorite Ringer and local guests. Plus, maybe Bill will stop by to rant about the Sox. Follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Welcome on in to episode... Is this 250? Are we in the 250? 250. Oh, they didn't think that we would make it, but we are here. Welcome in to episode 250 of the Full Go Podcast. My name is Jason Goff. Of course, we are brought to you by The Ringer, and Spotify is the gang. I'm with none other than Chris Sutton and Tony Gill. And fellas, we are taping right after game one of the NBA Finals. Got a whole bunch of Chicago stuff to jump into. But man, if there was anything that was bankable, it was the Nuggets, I think, doing what they did in game one of this series. Like, I, I, I did, you saw that big ass number, you know, shout out to the good uh-huh. pe- people at FanDuel. I saw that number sitting there at nine when I made that parlay, that same game. Hey, it almost happened for us out here, huh? <laughs> Gave you those eight assists, right? Gave you those Jimmy Butler points, but mm-hmm. man, that, that spread. Um, I'll say this from the outset. It looked like the Miami Heat were on game seven and a half of the Eastern Conference Finals mentally. And when I say that, you know, 
shots are going to fall, shots are going to be missed, whatever the case may be. But mentally, like some of the things execution-wise that you're like, wait a minute, y'all going under the pick and roll on Jamal Murray and y'all allowing, you know, and, and don't get it twisted. Michael Malone had the Denver Nuggets ready to play ball. Yeah, the Miami Heat went to the free throw line four times and two of those was at the end of the game when it really, 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 really didn't matter. Um, when you see a team execute a defensive game plan the way that the Denver Nuggets did against the best player of the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler, like all that two foot jump stop stuff gets you in the air and 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 get you, you know, fouled into, you know, into oblivion, you know, going to the line 10, 11 times. Man, if you don't foul Jimmy, the, the, the night is a lot tougher for him. But it's hard mm-hmm. not to foul him because of the force and aggression and hesitation and timing and angles that he plays with. But if you're disciplined against him, you know, he's a damn good player. No, no doubt about it. But if you're disciplined against him, you can come out that thing looking at everybody else like, all right, so what you going to do? And the Miami Heat, other players said absolutely nothing. We are going to do absolutely nothing. I mean, Highsmith was a nice little revelation. And We've been seeing him getting more minutes. And this is what I don't want to hear from here on out from another NBA GM, from another NBA fan, whether it be Chicago Bulls or otherwise. I don't want to hear shit about your second round picks not being good or not playing or not developing. It's on y'all because these dudes are running around out here in Division II schools and getting drafted into organizations that have a standard and, and look at you like, yo, if you don't develop, it's on you. That Highsmith dude is now being counted on in a role and a level that he damn near nobody in the Miami Heat organization would have thought coming into this. But he stayed ready. The dude scored 20 some odd points in an NBA Finals debut. Not not just for him, right? But you're talking about a Division II player. But, you know, I mentioned before that we might be looking at that. So you're saying Marco has a shot. Hey. Shot in the ass, maybe, but I don't know if he got a <laughs> shot. <laughs> nah, nah, shout out. That wasn't nice. That wasn't nice. Shout out to Marco Simonovich. Uh, I, I've seen his G League work, right? Him and Dalen Terry in the, in the pick and roll in the G League. So hopefully, just hopefully. Shit, I want Dalen Terry to get on the court. We, we, talk, we talk about Marco Simonovich. I want I want the, you know, the, the mid-first round pick to get on the court. All right? Like, this is what I'm talking about. We're watching two teams that have grown in different ways in the NBA Finals. There's no excuses anymore. And there never really was any. But, you know, for first-round picks to miss, no excuse. (laughs) Second-round picks to not be some kind of contributor or maybe get you something. Like, we've we've seen this happen with other franchises and and just sit back and go, oh, okay. And And then you wonder why... The, the, the culture word gets thrown around. Why? These teams don't get here uh, by chance. This isn't by happenstance, right? Jamal Murray drafted. Nikola Jokic drafted. Michael Porter Jr. drafted. Aaron Gordon acquired, right? Like the, you, you, your four of your top five players are people that you have grown in your organization. And the other guy has been allowed to be his best self because he was never a foundational player. Right, he's never a dude that you should be like. All right, go to the championship with Aaron Gordon being your best player, right? But now they've asked him to just be a guy, and he's excelling in that role. He came out on fire in the game one, and he came out on fire. And this is the other thing that was, I think, just painstakingly aware uh, that I was painstakingly aware of. 
Man, the Miami Heat so damn little, and they was little against the Celtics. But against this Nuggets squad, you got Michael Porter Jr. at six ten at small forward. You know, you got Jokic obviously doing what he does. Like Bam Adebayo is the biggest person on the team, with functionally for the Miami Heat, and he's what six seven, six eight, maybe with the long arms. And when I saw Tyler Zeller, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, it is ripcord time. Like y'all got to figure something out, right? And they're exposed to they. Listen, I think the Miami Heat going to play their ass off in game two. I just think that the Denver Nuggets are an unstoppable force right now. And they ran into a team that went into a seven-game series against the, against the Boston Celtics squad that seemingly took 10 years to play. The Nuggets are sitting in the cut waiting for you to get come there. I, that rust stuff, yeah, you can have that in the postseason. These dudes need that rest. So they sat in the cut and they waited for you. And they, and they caught you. They set their trap. They set their game one trap. The game was played pretty much between 9 and 17 all night long. So anytime the Nuggets, you know, thought that they were a little slippage or, you know, defensively weren't doing what they were supposed to do, a couple more shots got hit. Bruce Brown got fine in the corner. And what can we say, right? We've already been talking for about 10 minutes. Nikola Jokic, man, like, we look back at this time, and this is the other thing. He don't, he don't get off the damn ground, so I'm not worried about a blown ACL. You feel me? I'm not worried about a blown Achilles. This man has the ground game at 20-some-odd years old. We're going to see this for a very long time. I hope, this, I hope this dude escapes the foot problems that bigs his size usually run into. Uh, you know he ain't going to get in trouble because his brother's got his back and, and people will disappear if y'all fuck with them. You know what I mean? So, like, he's got – and I'm not even joking right now. Think about a perfectly insulated career that's just going to allow you to just do whatever you need to do. Like the NBA is going, not the league per se, but all the trappings and all the bullshit about to get out his way. I don't think Denver's going to let that man escape until he is old and gray. So you are in a town where you are by far, and, and I love Carmelo Anthony, but if they win this championship and the run that he's been on, you're the greatest player in franchise history, and you're just starting this thing. You, you're going to be there for a long time. Like, we're going to start to look at some of these names that we hold in high regard, especially at that five position, and some names going to fall, right? I'm a huge David Robinson fan. You're not going to fuck around and look me in the face and tell me that oh, so far in this man's career that he isn't right there with David Robinson, especially if he wins an NBA championship. I think, I think you're going to hit a lot of people in the sore spot, Jay. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be some hard conversations with with some of these old heads. You didn't win shit, man. Nah, it's fine. (laughs) We can have that conversation. Get your old ass on the bus. Joker is driving that bitch, right? And and look, all the things that we talk about with Joel Embiid, right? This This is this real first couple of runs here. Like, Joker already been to a Western Conference Finals. He lost the way that he was supposed to lose. Like all the things we still talking about with, with Joe, uh, dominated game, you know, get take the ball when it's your time. That man shot the ball five times through three quarters of the first game of the biggest moment of his life, and dominated the action. Was the best player on the court by far. If you can't fuck with it, listen. Aesthetically, I understand, you know, but at this point, 
is beautiful. Like we're not even doing the whole his game is ugly thing. I'm, I'm not. I'm not letting that rock. Because if you do that now, it's just because you you've heard it said before. I don't think anything about this man's game is ugly. Not a thing. You look at that. You look at that left that left baseline fadeaway. I mean, you show me the footwork of Kobe Bryant, Jason Tatum, Carmelo Anthony, you know, Kevin McHale, anybody that you want with masterful footwork, present and pass. He's right there. I mean, high post passing is there's very few things prettier than a point guard who understands and is in full control of the offense. Now, put him make make him seven foot and put him in the middle of the te- like the his proximity to where he is on your television screen at all times he ain't all the way to the far right of your television screen he ain't stuck in the corner like some three and d dudes he's now on the left ba- baseline or right baseline all the time the proximity of where the stage is and where the star should shine whether it be actually in the game or on your television screen that motherfucker is in the middle of everything Thing, every single play. So if you don't like Joker, and I don't even know that like that, that feels to me like one of those Twitter or internet things where it's like, well, I said I saw about six or seven people say some shit about somebody, and I've never heard them have a real conversation about it or talk to these people in real life or know that these people are real people. But you know what? People out here saying that they don't nah, man. Nah. I haven't met one person who's watched this dude play at this level for the last two, three years and thought to themselves, I don't like watching him. It's just in Denver, you know, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too, Jay. It's like going into these finals, I, I'm i like, people weren't talking about them enough as the for sure best team going in into the playoffs. And yeah. it was all people, uh, Jason, I, and trust me, I watch a lot of sports content. I'm like, y'all don't watch him, do y'all? Like y'all nah. don't y'all don't watch y'all haven't watched Denver play for like two years. This man ran off two MVPs and nobody has seen him play. It was the most confusing mm-hmm. thing. A lot of people told on themselves going into these playoffs by not talking about him in the ways they should have. Well, think about when they met him though. If you did meet him at the time, it was in the bubble. Right? Like when Jamal Murray was going crazy, Nikola Jokic was staking his claim to NBA supremacy as well. So if you met him, it was in a time where you don't, did, and I'm not one of these people who, oh, it's a bubble championship or discounted. No, no, no. They invited all the best motherfuckers in the world during a terrible time down to Disney World and said, hey, who wants to hoop? Who, you know, remove all the bullshit. And that's when you saw a lot of guys. You saw a lot of guys step to the forefront, right? You saw a lot of dudes like, oh, I didn't know this or I didn't know that. That dude has been the same since he emerged as one of the best players in the NBA a few years ago. And I listen, I take my lumps for all the dudes that I have said that was going to be cold and was trash because there have been many of them At, at the end of his first season documented on the air here in the city of Chicago. He was my garage band. Like, I was watching Nikola Jokic like, hey, man, there's some shit happening in Denver that, you know, 
When it goes oh, yeah. commercial, when he starts playing stadiums and rocking anthems out here, mm-hmm. y'all going to be like, oh, I remember mm-hmm. when, right? It's kind of like you, you look at your favorite underground rapper and then all of a sudden they get mainstream and you start hating them on them and shit. You know, like, oh, he, he ain't the same or she ain't the same, right? Or dudes just stay underground and you're like, oh, this is my little favorite player I could tuck away in a corner. Like, mm-hmm. everybody all of a sudden loves Drew Holiday. I'm like, oh, y'all went commercial. <laughs> Drew been my guy. You know, mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic has been that dude because he plays the game with a, in a way that my eye is more attracted to. It's almost time to crown an NBA champion and FanDuel wants you to be a part of the excitement because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's right, $2,500. Back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All right, so... My same game parlays have been ones to run from or bet against as of late. And when I say as of late, I mean the last 250 episodes. So what I'm going to do here is employ a little help so I can spread the blame around uh, from my guys, Chris Sutton and Tony Gill. Fellas, give me a, an assist and give me a points and I will give you the money line. And that will be our team same game parlay for uh, the game two edition of the NBA Finals. Denver Nuggets versus the Miami Heat. Tony, give me somebody that's going to score some points that I can make some money off of. Give me a 20-plus or a 25-plus person. Uh, Jamal Murray. All right. So we're going Jamal Murray, 25-plus points. He had 25 and 10 in game one of the NBA Finals. All right. Chris, you are the assist man on this team. Give me something in terms of an assist number we could throw into this SGP. Bro, Jokic is going to get that. Triple-double all series, man. All right, there it is. All right, so we're going 25-plus points for Jamal Murray. We're going eight or more assists for Nikola Jokic. And we are going the Denver Nuggets on the money line. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I think this is going to be a six-game series, but first two are going to go to Denver. You know what I love about betting on FanDuel? A bunch of different things. One, it's a safe and secure app. You don't have to worry about your information floating along the dark, evil interwebs. And you get paid instantly. You're not sitting around looking at your account after you know you got your same game parlay in and you knew it was a winner. You're not waiting six, five, four days like some of these other spots. No, you get paid instantly. And of course, you got the great promotions every single day. They spice it up. Any kind of best that you want. And we're not even just talking about the NBA. Yeah, we got MLB stuff for you, Dinger Tuesdays, and you just wait until football season rolls around. But yeah, FanDuel is the place to be during the NBA playoffs. There's no better place to bet all of the finals action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash FullGoal and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and over in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 5334 
2 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y to 467-369 in New York, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. I was thinking about this the other night, and I don't know. Well, I know why I was thinking about it the other night because it was late and I was vibing. And this is when the best ideas come to you. I just never write them down. I'm glad I have this this thought right now. What if LeBron James happened in the same way that Michael Jordan happened before Michael Jordan happened? Like, what if LeBron James ha- his career happened, and then Michael Jordan's career happened? in the order that LeBron James is, is happening in terms of the kind of basketball that, that, that molds and shapes generations, right? I remember as a kid, you had to have a big, you had to have a point guard who could knock down free throws in an open shot. And then the wings were inter- interchangeable. And then all of a sudden wings were the, the, the primary foundational building piece that you needed because Michael Jordan and Clyde Drexler and guys like that, you know, Alex English and, you know, George Gervin and dudes before him and Dr. J, but, you know, Elgin Baylor and Jerry West and those guys, those guys were were amazing perimeter players, but you had to have a Wilt, right? You had to have a Bill Russell. You had to have a Bill Walton. You had to have a Wes Unsell. You had to have an anchor. And and if LeBron James happens, you know, and the shoe craze happens in the 80s and cable TV and all the marketing dollars and all those things. If LeBron James happens, I wonder how many times or how many different versions of that kind of player would have been birthed. And then, you know, Michael happens. Right. We're watching a dude right now in Nikola Jokic who has the chance because of the way he's playing and the way he's going to continue to play. Like, I remember watching Vladi Divac for the first time and thinking, man, this motherfucker can really pass the ball. Why doesn't he have it more in his hands? And then you're like, okay, they got Chris Webber, they got Mike Bibby, they got this, you know. And now I'm talking about Charlotte Vladi Divac, right? Arvidas Sabonis, by the time we saw him in, 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 the, in this country, he was done. Right? He was winning up and down with the Portland Trailblazers, and he was still cold as hell. He just couldn't move. He was, he, was, he was heavy. He had all the injuries. He had the knee issues. But there was a time when he was supposedly the best player in the world while your favorite players were being the best players in the world. He was just doing it you know, across the pond. This dude has the chance to make, and I don't want to everyman this thing out, but the way that Dustin Pedroia can run around and win an MVP in, in, in Major League Baseball at five foot nothing, a hundred and something pounds, but he's a Boston Red Sox and he can mash and he's a leader and he won. Nikola Jokic, man, there's a whole bunch of big men who got no fucking excuse. Right? Like he's got the crazy soft hands, he's got the amazing dancer's feet, right? But this is a dude who has worked himself into a position because of how much he understands the game, because of how unselfish he is. And on top of it, he's frankly 
a lot tougher than a lot of these motherfuckers running around. Like, at the end of this season, when this is all over, we're going to talk about what he did to Anthony Davis, not just from a, a standpoint of staring him down. He outran Anthony Davis the entire series. He was he like he was he was running Anthony Davis when you talking about oh you know you get, Anthony got to get him out on the perimeter yeah all right whose tongue was wagging after a while and he was this dude is this dude is a premier all time outstanding talent and to watch it watch it be born the way it is uh, this is gonna be around for a while Denver always only thing Denver got to do is manage injuries expectations and egos. Because this might be the start of, you know, we talk about the Warriors and how Steph Curry changed the game and how, you know, it changed the way the NBA did things and people started becoming three happy. But it's like, hey, do you have two of the best three-point shooters of all time on your team? You can't do the shit that they do. It's a lot of teams that can't do the shit that the Denver Nuggets do. You're going to show me your, your, you know, potential overall number one pick talents at small forward who's at 6'10", who ain't scared to turn down. He ain't turning shit down but his collar. Anytime that ball go out to Michael Porter Jr., you better be ready to defend. And that's a dude who could be a 26, 27-point pick. This is the other thing, too. It's the other thing, too. What's happening with the Nuggets right now and it's happening in a different way, but the way we were introduced to Kawhi Leonard, where it was like, hey, Tim and Ginobili and, and, and Tony Parker, right? But they were a little bit older and up there in age. And then, then it's like, hey, you see this other dude? You see this number two? is out here locking everybody down. Got LeBron rolling his eyes when he get checked back into the game and knocking down every shot in every big moment possible. I'm not saying Michael Porter Jr. is Kawhi Leonard at all in terms of the style of play. But I'm just saying like hiding underneath all that shit is a, a premier player, like hiding under, you know, the Jamal Murray Jokic display of I'm the man. No, you the man. No, we all the men hiding under you. What you going to do on any switch with Aaron Gordon? Because that's all he did in that first quarter was dominate. Every time they switched, every time they switched, Aaron Gordon had a better matchup because that's, what's going to happen throughout this series. And oh, by the way, if you mess around for three or four possessions straight, this dude can get you three or four straight buckets in Michael Porter Jr. This thing's going to be around here for a while. Now, I still think the Miami Heat going to mess around and get two games in this series, right? But I knew this was going to be the one where it would look a little sluggish. It would look a little weird. They're going to take it back to the lab, and then they're going to get used to the altitude. They're going to be there for a couple of days now. I think game two is going to be a lot closer. Denver may win, but, man, hey, Bulls fans, <laughs> if you're watching that game and you're trying to figure out, because that's all we should be doing in this city. Whenever we're watching premier talent, and don't worry, on the baseball side of things, this next this next month, not only for the Cubs, but especially for the White Sox. You're going to see some real-ass teams. You got you get your barometers out. You can go ahead and measure what you think you are against some of these squads. The next seven series, and we'll get into it for the White Sox, against contending or winning teams, winning uh, like above 500, the Aaron Judges of the world, the New York Yankees coming to town. You're going to see those Angels again in Shohei Otani. Whenever, whenever you want to look around and, and say, all right, what you should what you should be measured against, especially on the basketball side of things. Arturis Karnashovas came from the organization that is getting ready to win the NBA championship.
There is no room for 40 wins and 42 wins being allowable or even appreciated or respected. Like, you know, Zach Levine, he's in NBA Finals game one spots, right? With, for the Gran Turismo movie that's coming out. <laughs> Profiles have risen. It is time now for the results to follow suit because if that can happen in Denver due to planning, execution, management of expectations and making sure that you're not blowing up plans just because you get a little panicked or just because you get a little 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 pebble in your shoe. Yeah, that is the goal. Because who who do they go out and spend crazy dollars and, and go get? Nobody. Nobody. They acquired Aaron Gordon and drafted the rest of that team. Took advantage of a Sacramento Kings organization that, you know, just now rebounded. But the only, the last time that they were respected to me was when Boogie Cousins was listening to one person and one person only. And that's Michael Malone. Right. So the blueprint to build a franchise is right there. One of the people who was involved in building that franchise is now the head architect or lead architect for the team that we root for in this city. You just hope that similar fates can be uh, replicated here. But man, <laughs> you get it. You better get an all-time talent because at the end of this shit, all we talking about is who got the ass kickers. The Denver Nuggets got an ass kicker. You got a couple of them, but that dude in the middle, I. I've had respect for his game for a really long time now, so I feel like there's nothing new that's being said, but that's the that's the truth right there. And uh, I'm going to enjoy watching this run because I don't think this is going to be the last time we see the Denver Nuggets messing around and, and, and going on a championship run. I think that just like this, just like the, the, when we were introduced to the Golden State Warriors and and how that thing was just bubbling up. And we're like, look at this dude shooting all these three. Oh, look at this other dude shooting all these threes. Next thing you know, you build a good enough nest where one of the greatest players of all time wants to jump down with you. Denver Nuggets going to have that same kind of vibe going. You're going to have a lot of dudes wanting to just go over there and, and, and run around in Denver for a little bit because you've got pieces that are in place. Injuries have helped you out with your number. Right, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is going to make $15, $16 million less than Jalen Brown when he signs his next deal. Like, think about the values that they're getting. So the Denver Nuggets, you know, this ain't the coronation just as yet, but uh, I I believe this is the start of something that we're going to watch for the next six, seven, eight years plus. I I would not be surprised if this team, if they are in good health and manage things the way they're supposed to, in the next six or seven years, this team's going to win two or three titles because they're just getting started and everybody's game is where it's supposed to be. And health-wise, all you're worried about is Michael Porter Jr. And if he stays healthy, this thing, this thing's going to get turned up a notch that uh, I don't think we've seen in a while. You know, like, there isn't a lot of footage of Bill Walton. You know, there is some, right. like, right, you know, right, when right. he was, like, really right. cooking. But all the shit that you read about Bill Walton, like, Jokic is, like, doing, like, in the modern day. Man. So, it's, like, it, it, it's, yeah, it's cool. He understands the game, man. Like, you know, uh, we see a bunch of dumb players lose all the time. Talented as fuck and just lose for whatever reason down the stretch and the game. Like, for instance, like Zach, his IQ has been questioned his entire career, right? Shot situation, shot selection, late game ball handling, like late game decision making. When you have a dude that is in tune, like how many times do you see Nikola Jokic and think to yourself, God, that was a stupid fucking play? Never. No, not never. 
that motherfucker plays as clean a game for the usage rate that he has. And I'm sure we, you know, this quantifiable and we can look it up, but I'm just talking about from the eye test. Uh, watching that dude understand shit. Like I appreciate, and and maybe like I said, maybe it's just how I'm wired. I appreciate dudes who get everybody else involved and still are the coldest motherfucker on the floor. Like when when you can. When you can, that's why I guess why I've appreciated LeBron's career this entire. LeBron can score forty five points a game if he wanted to, but he also knows that all that's going to do is run you into a brick wall over and over again. We got championships to win. Stop fucking around. Let's get some shooters to play. Like Nikola Jokic, his high post throughout the season it, when the Bulls played that early game, and if they were on the West Coast, or by the time I got home, the Nuggets would be running the third quarter or so. Man, watching him and Aaron go, like he has unlocked things in Aaron Gordon just because of who he is. That Aaron, you know, you, you, we would watch Aaron Gordon and be like, all right, so he's got to get a shot down. Aaron Gordon got a whole three pointer at the end of his Orlando run. Like he was knocking it down consistently. Still a great athlete. Why is he such a, a, a supreme player as, as opposed to what he was? He's playing with somebody who understands where the fuck he should be. And he's playing right next to him, too. It's like, it's like a, a, um, it's like a wide receiver being able to throw to a wide receiver. Like, I know what you need and I know how you need it, but you know, you, you, you're waiting for someone to facilitate you at all times. But if the motherfucker right next to you is an uh, of understanding of a big, like having a big man that could pass like that, it, it is, is gravitational, man. It's beautiful to watch. And the Bill Walton see everything. is, is necessary. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and your point is in the center. That's got to be an yeah. advantage, you know? Oh my God. Where, where, where the point is the middle of the court. I mean, it's incredible. When Will Chamberlain was at the end of his career, they were like, all right, cool. We're going to win a championship with you just being in the middle, being bigger and taller and 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 more adept at at, at moving the ball around than anybody else. So you can you can't like the heat through that zone out there, and they were like, "All right, cool." Jeff Green gonna come in here and do the same thing that Jokic did for two minutes. That's, that's it. That's it. They 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 understand some stuff. They didn't they didn't go into it too much when Jokic was out there on the floor. That would have been the worst thing you can do. Have him have uh, free reign in the middle of the court where he can see for real, see everything. That's the worst thing you can do. What they got to do, what the Heat have to do, is win when he on the bench. Like they yeah. can't have any minus minutes when he's on the bench. When he's on the yeah. bench, that team is not. You know, uh, this Bruce Brown stuff is fun, right? But they no, don't the, have the anything off the bench. Your point. The on off. That's why yeah. I thought he should have won MVP. The on off numbers are stupid. Yeah. Nah, he's nasty. He's absolutely <laughs> nasty, man. I I like watching him, man. Like I don't get I. I, like I said, I don't know the people who call his game ugly because it's like if you're watching basketball at this point, like the casual fans ain't watching this series. This ain't the one for them. This <laughs> ain't no LeBron. We'll, we'll catch y'all maybe no, next year, but. Right, right. This is this is the Astros <laughs> this, this versus one, White Sox World Series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This one for the this, basketball this. fans, for real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go to go to the fucking grocery store tomorrow and be like, hey, you watched the finals last night? Like, oh, the finals? What? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. Somebody taking yeah, a test on TV? Like, what's... <laughs> <laughs> some some high-level basketball being played right now, man. I think his game is beautiful. You know, like, I, you know, his three-pointer reminds me of uh, what Dirk Dirk's like Jay, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. when it went up mm-hmm. into the rafters and then yeah. it came down from the ceiling. And, and, where, like he's, and where he's letting it go from, too. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. He's got like oh. a slingshot. And yeah, it's he's like got lumbering back and then it goes mm-hmm. up and then, yeah. yeah. Oh. And I mean, let's keep it funky, man. You know, 
We needed a cold white dude. Like, 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 not just a cold white dude, but like a fucking, you know, he might be better than y'all white dude. Right? Like, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, Dirk was the last one that we really had. But, but like the, the don't get it twisted. The league need like this. There's, there's a whole bunch of people becoming NBA fans right now that had no clue. <laughs> you feel me? There, there, there are whole whole swaths of uh, dynamics in 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 urban areas where <laughs> like flags are being flown that weren't flown. You know, two three months ago, this man is in a. It's necessary. I don't give a shit what anybody says either. Mm-hmm. It is necessary. Fucking fight night for the girlfriend. Fuck for the game. Put, um, uh, put man. Put, hey, fight night. Put a, put put an Irish dude and a black dude in the ring and see what the fuck mm-hmm. happens. You know, put a, put a put a put a put a Mexican cat and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a white cat in a, in, a, in a ring and see what happens. Or put a Mexican cat and a black dude in the ring. Mm-hmm. Fucking Canelo Alvarez and Floyd Mayweather. I thought the world was going in. I was calling every emergency room I could find. Like, hey, can y'all give me a room early because it's gonna be some shit. You know what I'm saying? They, they know what they're doing. And and listen, the Jimmy Butler thing. You know, hey man. At some point, the man runs out of it, and it's usually at this time. Like he has a tough task, you know. Like he, he's, he's got that self fulfilling prophecy of like the reason why you can't win with him being the best player on your team is because he's the best player on your team, right? And once he is, once he is um, emptied that tank, it's you know. He's the best player on your team. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a Jimmy Butler rolling with him, right? And, you know, Caleb Martin and these dudes turn into a pumpkin, you know, in their first game of the finals, Duncan Robinson and Max. Max Schroes missed so many goddamn shots that he was, he was unplayable. He was unplayable. Like, if he, he had three open looks and, and when he hit, the, when he missed the third one, I was like, all right, we probably not going to see him a lot. And we didn't see him a whole lot for the rest of the game. Duncan Robinson got a whole bunch of minutes. And that's only because Duncan Robinson been putting the ball on the floor lately. Like he, you know, like he's a, a dribbler, not just a shooter. So, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's interesting times. Definitely interesting times. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. You know, Bears OTAs are, um, they're, they're, they're your little, you know, they're your little little morsel before training camp gets uh, started up here soon. But uh, the, the OTAs always are interesting because if it's voluntary, then, you know, what are we really talking about? But on a team that went 3-14, and 14, you want everybody all hands on deck. You want competition, all those other things. That, the Jalen Johnson bears uh, absence for two weeks, and he said he wanted to spend more time with his daughter. So, you know, shout out to him for using Shorty as a human shield. I'm, I'm always about that. I, I, I love telling people I can't do shit because of my child. You know what I'm saying? I did, for real. Yeah, I, I do it all the time. Oh, too. I can't wait. Like, hey. Oh, Doc. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of the best out. Like, you could stare over right in their face and be like, can't. Got the baby. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> like, hey, man, can you help me move from one in the morning to three in the morning when your child will be asleep? Ah, man, can't. 
got the baby, man. Can't can't really do it. And then you could just and they can't say they shit. Can't take, they gotta take it. Not, they gotta not, take not it, a word. Yep. Not a word. So shout out to Jayla Johnson for saying, hey man, got to, got my daughter, gotta be in her life, player. You know, y'all <laughs> want black dads to be in our daughter's lives, right? You know, <laughs> he's sitting there looking, he's sitting there on FaceTime staring Virginia McCaskey in the face, like this is what you want, right? This is what you you need me to be an upstanding member of the community. Don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just in my head what was happening. Um, but the that thing is interesting to me because you've got a really good corner who they've drafted for his position now two drafts in a row. Um, one is a slot, one is a boundary. Which one is which? You know, whether it be Stevenson or Gordon, we'll find out here. And you saw at the end of last year where they was throwing anybody and their mama at that cornerback position. And dudes actually, dudes are actually playing decent ball at the end of the year. Like a lot of dudes whose names we didn't think we would have to know. Uh, Kendall Vildor went down. You saw how thin they were. So Jalen Johnson is playing from a, uh, a um a position of strength, but also. You know, this is the same, like, if I'm Ryan, if I'm the Bears and Ryan Poles, I'm like, hey, man, we looked uh, Roquan Smith in the face and told him, we don't pay people like you, and then went and paid people like him twice, and TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. So anything that Ryan Poles says right now, if I'm Jalen Johnson, I'm like, you you a damn lie. I've heard all this before. And on top of it, Roquan Smith was way better at his position than Jalen Johnson is at his, and Jalen is a nice player, but all the Bears got to do, and you know, we, we probably shouldn't do this with cover two corners because Peanut Tillman wasn't a high interception guy, but he was a high turnover guy, impact player, uh, one of the all-time greats, right? Playing that boundary cover two corner position. But all the Bears really got to do is show that man his one interception over the last three years. That's all they got to do. If Matt Eberflus is out here preaching turnovers, yeah, great tackler. They don't throw to your side. You cover the best wide receiver. You flip the field, all those good things. But you took the ball away one time in the last three years. Like, that's got to matter for something, right? Especially if we're talking about an NFL where your defense can bend all the time. As long as you're taking the ball away and giving your offense more opportunities. So, Justin Fields coming out to your charity event, cool. You know, that's that's super dope. Uh, you understanding your worth and value, I'm all for it. You spending time with your baby, hey, man, I, I cannot ever question that, right? I was obviously having fun there at the beginning, uh, kind of. I do tell y'all all the time. I lie to y'all's faces when y'all ask me to do shit. And I mentioned, whenever I mention in Jace, this is for anybody, I'm going to see who really listening to the pod out there when it comes to my employers. But when it, except for this, except for the fine people at the ringer and the course spotify and bill simmons and steve cerruti and tony gill and chris sutton i don't i don't tell y'all this lie but whenever somebody will ask me something and you know you can ask anybody around me i really don't like doing anything other than working and chilling (laughs) so if y'all ask me to hey man come hey come come to my kid's birthday party i can't i got jace wait a minute it's a kid's birthday party you can bring him ah you know i got jace can't can't really bring him outside you know he wild yeah man jayla johnson if, if you're using the baby for that in this moment i ain't mad at you but just understand yeah, they can wave that one interception around these last three years. And they could do it, especially on a team that hasn't won anything. You know, David Montgomery and his comments about uh, hating the losing and and 
how much discontent for a dude who we thought was and, and seemingly was a good soldier the entire time he was here. Like, there's been a lot of losing these last few years. So no matter how good you are, singularly at your position, Roquan Smith had to learn. Uh, hopefully, Jalen Johnson doesn't have to learn because I don't think you can just find really, really, really good corners. Um well, maybe you can if Ryan Poles is out here drafting because he's drafted pretty well in the secondary. You know, I think Tyreek Stevenson is going to be decent and Jaquan Brisker has really played his ass off uh, in, his, in his rookie year. But uh, both sides, both sides understand their leverage in this moment. And I hope it doesn't. And, and Jalen Johnson said he'll be back. You know, he's, he's actually coming back to, to go to OTAs this upcoming week. Uh, but, you know, it's it's very interesting as we start to start to trend into what this team should be like you can slowly but surely feel the expectations starting to rise uh not only within bears fans but the talk around this team nationally where it's like okay now you know you you executed your plan you did what you had to do you've got a, a a couple of really nice pieces obviously it's all about number one if the quarterback is trash none of this matters right if 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 justin fields if justin fields only takes one step forward i think the the um the analysis and the summary won't be to his liking. I think he has to take a giant step forward. And I believe he has the talent to do so. And from what we hear, I mean, he's he's grasping things. Alan Williams actually spoke about him and said that he's his footwork is a lot better and he's moving uh through his progressions better. And you expect guys in the organization to say that, but there's a way guys are saying things around Justin Fields and these OTAs, seeing all the tape coming out between he and DJ Moore, you know, connecting. Uh, It's fun to watch, but when we get into this thing and the first game against Green Bay and hopefully the Bears are healthy, like there's going to be expectations. So for Jalen Johnson and for Ryan Poles to have this stare down and have not this uncomfortable moment, but a moment nonetheless where Matt Eberflus is answering questions about people who aren't there on a team that's three and 14, the expectations are going to rise and they should. No, I like it like this. I like it. So Jalen Johnson is going to have to go out here and prove himself again and get try to get that money. Justin Fields is going to have to take a huge step forward with some of the toys that he has been uh, he has been acquitted with. So this is going to be uh, this is going to be fun when this OTA session wraps up. There there have been seemingly no real injuries. Nate Davis has not been there for reasons undisclosed. Uh, but other than that, people are feeling good about the Bears. I just. I just like the fact that we're talking about something that has some expectations with this team, right? We're talking about, and I believe this is the second best team in the NFC North, and we, we've we've talked about that on this pod. But yeah, you know, I, I like the fact that there are some some professional discomfort in terms of you know you can't just come in here now and, and think that one interception in three seasons is going to cut it, right? You can't just come in here now and think that you got a job just because you led the team in rushing a couple of years while they were losing. Like, I like those expectations. So, you know, as we go along here, we'll continue to follow that story. But uh, the Bears thing is, is percolating, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what this team has to offer, uh, especially after training camp because – Training camp is just a, a gruel and a, a grind and, and, and a slog. And I'm, uh, I'm damn sure glad we don't go to Bourbon A anymore because, boy, it was, there were very few things more overrated than the Bourbon A trip. 
Right, you go out there, you eat Taco Bell with your friends, and you get drunk a couple of nights in the fucking in the hot heat of of of, of Southern Illinois or Central Illinois, I should say, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, I, you know, you can you can hear the meth labs exploding in the distance and, and think, ah, can't wait till football starts. So, shout out to training camp being in Burbank all those years, but uh, I'm glad this thing is up at Hallis Hall. We'll try to actually get over there. Uh, for for you guys, we'll try to we'll try to you know set some things up and see if uh, they'll allow the, the fine people at the ringer to get me a credential because uh, I'm looking forward to this year. I'm looking forward. We got holdouts. Well, not even holdouts, but we got guys missing OTAs. We got <laughs> we got shiny new toys being thrown the ball to, and social media teams gobbling up that content. So football season is here. Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. So, Tony, you keep your uh, keep your, your finger on the pulse of the local baseball heroes. Right now, after this month of May, which was horrible for the Cubs, they, they finished up strong against the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, almost got the sweep. But and Justin Steele going down in the third inning with, was it uh, forearm tightness, they said? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they just got Kyle Hendricks back, right? So you haven't really seen the rotation hole. And Justin Steele has been, has been, you know, he's been more than serviceable. He's been, he's been fine. Uh, so him going down is, is a bummer. But, you got a lot of people asking a lot of questions about David Ross. And then on the South side, you've got what you got there where it seems like they, they take a couple of steps forward and then can't wait to take 18 somersaults backwards. Um, where are you at right now? As we get set to step into the month of June, where either you swoon or you start to really get your fan base excited about what, what is to come? Well, I think on the North side, you know, if we start in there. They're in a real awkward place because I think the big reason is Marcus Stroman. He is playing very, very well, and he's in a contract year. And I think what they do with him is going to be a tell to the rest of the Cubs fans of where they stand and where they think that they're headed. If he is on the trading block, I'd be asking questions about, okay, how long is this going to take? This is if, if one of your prouder assets uh, and, and finds that Marcus Stroman, if he's on the trading block, this is another key player for like what, three seasons in a row that you're selling. It's like, come on now. What's, what's going on? How do you, mm-hmm. we must've read the room wrong about where this direction was going. You you know, what's up? Um, so I think that's going to be very, very interesting from from a north side standpoint. And from the south side, um, they haven't gotten together enough, you know, in terms of consistently uh, as a group, right? You got Eloy. He, you know, is playing decently, fairly well. Mm-hmm. But Lance Lynn is giving me real Dallas Keuchel vibes right now. Yeah. <laughs> real yeah. Dallas Keuchel vibes right now. And it's feeling that real indish. Yeah, that's not a good feeling for an, a, another pitcher in that rotation that is, is underperforming, you know, at, at right now. Shit, right? All of like them. after right, <laughs> after Copex, you know, uh he's back, the return, he's he got slacked like mm-hmm. in in his next outing. So like I am not feeling if I'm a baseball fan in the city, I'm not I'm I'm fairly skeptical at the least about where baseball is headed 
this year. And at, at the very most, um, I'm, I'm optimistically cautious. Yeah. And, you know, it sucks. It's the same vibes that we had with the Bulls this year where, yeah, the divisions uh, are horrible. Right. Like in the Eastern Conference, when we looked at the Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Atlanta Hawks and you're like, hey, you should be there. You know, things <laughs> everybody is the, the whole parody thing in the NBA. You should be a part of it. Well, right now you got, you got the Central and the AL and the NL those two of the worst divisions in all of baseball. So if you could just string something together. I mean, the, the White Sox, this division has been waiting on the White Sox all year long, especially after that horrid start that they had. They played they played damn good baseball in the month of May, and I don't even think they played the best baseball they could play because throughout the month of May, they were just hitting the ball a lot better. Right? I mean, they, they were still dropping the ball. They were still throwing the ball to the wrong base, and of course, there were some hustling issues that we talked about a month or so ago. So, you know, the White Sox thing, um, I don't know that I could trust it. Right. And I want to trust it. I want to trust it as badly as anything because we were, we, uh, and I hate to sound like this and say things like this, but we, we were kind of old this as a fan base after watching the rebuild and after talking about all the prospects and after talking about the development and all the things that they were pouring into the scouting department and uh, the changes that were necessary and, you know, pretty much being told, hey, shut your ass up. We got this. In 2020, you'll see when this corner is turned what we've been cultivating. And these last few years have been so underwhelming. And, and they've all seemingly been self-inflicted wounds. Like, obviously, injuries come into play, but the Tony La Russa hiring and the, the brand of baseball they've played. So, yeah, I just, I don't know if I could trust it, right? You know, I got, I got public enemies, can't trust it, you know, ringing off in, in the back of my head, you know? And, 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 hey, listen, most of my heroes still don't appear on no stamp. Man, now I'm going to fight the power. This is going to be a real militant-ass pot. Well, more militant than usual, I should say. Uh, and they shouldn't expect and, and fans no. to, to to be that way. Like, why why to trust it? I don't think they do, but when oh, they get side. back on the right side of things, there's nobody that talks shit or has that that chest puffed out like White Sox uh, brass does, right? Like when 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 Tim Anderson and all the and everything started to click. Two years ago, there was some real peacocking going on, boy, where it's like, ah, we told you. We, we hey, trust us and shut your ass up. We got the baseball thing handled. Just come to the ballpark. And 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 on the Cubs side of things, I mean, I think the PTSD of how everything ended with Javi and Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, like there's still that clinging on to like, this still should be the moment. We still should be in the time where uh, the the sustainable success that we were promised uh, should be happening, right? Like, and and since that isn't happening, and since those players have all gone to their separate destinations in Major League Baseball while also winning you a title so early, like it wasn't like you got to see a thirty four year old Chris Bryant hobble off into the sunset or Anthony He's Rizzo take hobbling. one last, you know. Yeah, right? Take one last B-hack and, like, you know, tip his cap to the Wrigley Field faithful as he went out. Hell, we went on for a year and a half with Wilson Contreras coming out every damn homestand having to say 
thanks for having me, y'all. And then coming back the next week, right? Like Cubs fans have been kind of jerked back and forth. No, you know, no play intended, by the way. You know, but I'm I, back and forth for the last two or three years, and they're like, all right, when is it going to happen? So I, I, I think. The payoff of the World Series has been enough because you can still always do that. Hey, but we got we got the World Series, but the the promised ride after you win something where you hope you're going to defend it and then you're allowed to defend it and then injuries happen and then you come back for the second act with that group that makes it that much sweeter. Like those kind of the, the real you know, story arc of a, a baseball franchise's contention really wasn't allowed to um, be executed or the landing wasn't stuck. Meanwhile, you're building up Gallagher Way, you're building up the hotel, you're building up the area around it and Cubs fans were like, hey, this was supposed to be a part of it, not the it, it, right? Like, I can go play catch with my kid in any park in the city, but I want to come here to watch my favorite players beat the shit out of the rest of the National League. So, as Cubs fans are now looking at Dansby Swanson and Seiya Suzuki and Nico Horner and, and Ian Happ and a whole bunch of different names that I promised you four years ago, they weren't thinking that they would be riding into 2023 and beyond with. Like, I can, there, there is some trepidation. And David Ross is a lasting remnant also of that championship run. So you're looking in, you're staring in the face something that you remember bringing you joy. But in this moment, all he's doing seemingly for you is pressing the wrong buttons because once again, Mark Leiter Jr. comes out of the pen. You know, gets lit up a little bit, and now you then you lose a game. Could have swept the Rays and felt decent about your month of May, but you don't. So it's it's a weird time right now in the summer uh, of 23, as we'll call it. I, I I at this point, if I was a betting man, I would not bet on either of these teams to be making the playoffs. But who knows? We'll see. I mean, Marcus Stroman might you know, they might be able to ride Marcus Stroman's do way was a do rag all the way to the promised land, right? Like you know, him and all his tweets and fighting the fans all the time. Like this is a. This is a weird group in terms of baseball in the city of Chicago. And don't get me started. I sat down for a little lunch today and and Tim Anderson came up. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I know this ain't going to be a baseball discussion. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Shout out to Chicago baseball. Building a bridge to uh, training camp at Hallis Hall. And thankfully, not at Bourbon Day. Time for some commercials. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. You saw what Adam Silver said about Ja? Uh, the, the, uh, the ruling is coming out after the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that boy gone, gone for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's going to sit him <laughs> down. Indefinite, indefinite going to be indefinite. They ain't fucking mm-hmm. around with the two-week indefinite. You, you ain't getting the indefinite light that you got last time. <laughs> the, we yeah, uncovered a fair lights, amount man. of additional information was the, was oh, the yeah. one for me. I was like, oh, yep, he don't like to be embarrassed, and uh, he's going to... Yeah, the motherfucker can't the stay stick. off the camera. Yeah, he can't stay off the camera. He, he He's documenting all the shit that's going to get him in trouble. And I keep saying it. Maybe, just maybe, everybody's wrong about this dude. Maybe he don't want to do what the fuck y'all think he should be doing. Like, like he, 
he would be the dude is all like think about the money that he's already made and think of it from this from this uh standpoint if he wanted to be like hey man this shit ain't cool or fun anymore and you we we know what he thinks is cool and fun right he could walk away tomorrow and all we'd be doing is sitting there talking about Ja and and, and weeping tears for Ja and hoping Ja's okay. I, I think Ja is doing exactly what the fuck he wants to be doing. Now, I think he's doing it in a way where he doesn't understand how self-destructive it is, right? And there's obviously an issue there, right? There's obviously some things there that he's having trouble dealing with. But I'm not... I, it's weird because like I don't treat this like um, this is some like this ain't solvable because this ain't a dude I, who I think is running from who he is. Like he's showing us who he is, and everybody's like hoping it's not that. Like everybody's like, you know, his welfare and all that. I'm down for all that, but at some point, like if if you get caught doing something and you do the same shit over and over and over again, all right, cool, man. Like. You made your decision. He's making his decisions. And whether they be when he's intoxicated or with his friends or like, so the only time we don't see him with a camera on is when he by himself then, right? And how often is he not by himself? The man run Memphis. This Memphis is the murder capital of the country right now. And he's doing that during this time. So, hey, hey he knows something that we don't know. And I hope he stays safe. That's it. And there's like NBA videos of like Crips and stuff trying to talk to him. Hey, hey, <laughs> I, two years ago, I was, I was, I talked to people in Memphis. Like, you know, he ain't running with, he ain't running with no poop butts. Like this motherfucker is not, you know, he's not around. Like there ain't nothing studio about the gangsters that he is around these days. Nothing. But do you think he's just like, like young, he's just trying to live like a rapper? I mean, I know, I mean, like, yeah, that's no. part of I mean, it. I mean, it, it, seems, it. it seems troubling, but then I'm yeah. just thinking like how many other players are living like this and like the people who he's trying to run with, like I'm sure there's all these rappers trying to hang out with them and they're living like that. So yeah. I don't know what's a the give real, and take, the, you know, the, the, but this is the thing too, the real, like, I know of a lot of dudes who are in a lot of shit in the NBA and you don't ever see or hear about them. Like, they just, you know, like, there's a lot of dudes who fund operations and things of that nature and the guys who know that this is going to be a quick little flip four or five years in the league. And they, 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 you know, they, they stay low. Because usually, usually there's too much light for the gangsters you're around too. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I've never seen the the matching of this kind of activity and reportedly the people that he is around wanting to be in the same circle and same space all the time. Like, cause when, when Ja go to sleep, they still hustlers. Right. So they still, you know, <laughs> you getting caught on tape and always being in the spot. And like, you know, I, I remember going to clubs, uh, in the city and running in the hustlers and you know athletes and uh, the uh, all the same right, but hustlers just had to go somewhere, so the club was the spot. These dudes are in major events and and spaces and places with one of the young faces of a sports organization. <laughs> like it's uh, that's a lot of light. That's a lot of light, man. And all the gangsters that I know usually try to stay away from that kind of light. So, 
he got people around him in their game that they ain't supposed to be doing what they're supposed to be doing, uh, that aren't supposed to be doing what they're doing, and he's in his game doing what he's not supposed to be doing. So at some point, <laughs> he's he just hanging around like-minded people, right? Like, and he's he's one of those people. I don't think he's being swayed. Like, I think this is this is how he wants to get down, you know, until until he crashes and burns, you know, and. It's only a matter of time. You know, you just hope that it'll happen without uh, repercussion or harm to himself or anybody else, right? You know, because him, it's going to sound weird, but him getting a DUI is a lot safer than the way he's moving right now. Right? Because then, you you know, hopefully you, you get forced to wake up. You know, you got to move differently now. You know, you uh, just from the fact you don't have your license and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like you got to, you know, and this, the other thing too, I do not think that is the dude that you want away from the facility. So Adam Silver has himself in quite the quandary of, you know, like for instance, Ben Gordon, like everything that we've seen out of Ben Gordon right now is not everything, but you know, Ben has, Ben has dealt with issues his entire NBA career, but he was around a regiment. He was around a schedule. He was around people that um, adhered to a certain schedule that he needed, you know, and try, he kept the asset uh, together for lack of a better, you know, for, um, for a more soulless way to put it, right? Like he was an investment. You have to keep the investment upright. You got to keep the investment together. It's no longer an investment. And what do we see? You know, we see schedules that aren't probably being adhered to. We see um, the deterioration of regimen and all those things. I I wonder if in a suspension or if in a dismissal, you know, if you truly have his best interests in mind, fuck what people are going to think. You know, fuck what people are going to say. Oh, you came down too soft or you should have been heavy. Like the people who always want punishment, I'd be like, all right. Then what? Like, how, what are you looking for the change in, or are you just hoping that someone gets punished because you fucking hate your life? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look John Morant in the face and you tell him that he can't play for 50 games, I would tell him still you have to, you can still be around your team. This way, allowing him to be around a facility, to be around a regimen, to be around a schedule. Because the last thing anybody wants for them, this dude to lose his life. And the way that he is moving and the things that he's engaging in, unfortunately, in that city, I don't want him away from the facility. You know, if you had to be around a facility from, say, 7.30 in the morning to 4 p.m. in the afternoon off, you know, in, in, uh, on, on days that you didn't have a game, now you're going to tell me for 50 games, which is what about four and a half months, you're not going to have that? You think things are going to get better? So it'll be very interesting to see what's best for Ja, what's best for the NBA, and what's best for the NBA's optics and where those three things meet. Um, because it's not best for the NBA to not have him in the league. And obviously it's not best for Ja to be away, I think, from some kind of structure. But for the NBA optics, it's probably best that you come down hard so it could be some kind of cautionary tale. So I think Adam Silver's got a tough, tough job ahead. That's the interesting balance is what, like, are they going to make some things mandatory? 
Uh, are they going to work with the players union to require him to go? But I, does it help him if you make him go? Like if he's not realizing the mistakes that he's making, even if when you say make you know, him go, the, you mean to to work, or are you talking about to like no, some no, no. To, training facility, some, some facilities, some like what is he actually going to learn if he doesn't realize that he's making these mistakes? If he doesn't deem them as mistakes, this is just him living his life. You come, you you got an impasse. Tom, let me tell you something. I could be wrong. Now let's let's speak hypothetically. Let's not talk about John Moran, but let's talk about like a 23-year-old that's in his position, fame-wise and talent-wise and uh financially, you know, the trappings that 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 he has been afforded because of his talent. That kind of dude being told for 40 games that you gotta go to work, but you don't get to shine the way that you've been shining, you know. Uh, all of this comes, the, the ego is fed from the attention and the adulation and the adoration of a fan base, the winning, all those things. Like the money, everybody rich, right? Everybody got more money than they ever had in their lives. Mm-hmm. So when when those cheers are going up for Desmond Bain and those cheers are going up for Steven, Steven Adams and those, um, you know, when the Memphis Grizzlies as an organization move forward for 40, 50 games, whatever the case may be, and you got to sit there on the sideline and watch it and feel it. If that don't ring an alarm, nothing ever will. Nothing ever will. Like, I understand, you know, you having to come down. Trust me, as as we kind of talk this out, I know how it sounds. Like, I know I sound like the dude is like, ah, oh, nah, he cool. Don't, don't worry about it, you know. <laughs> Have him do some breathing exercises, talk to a therapist for days. He'd be all good, <laughs> you know. You tried that already, right? And I'm not saying that. But I am also saying uh, from a dispassion, if, if you are thinking of this dispassionately, all right, save the asset. If you're thinking of this thing like I am, where, you know, there's a human at play here but you also understand what, what makes the human move and tick and, and vibrate. Ja is all about living the Ja life. That shit takes a little bit of a hit when you're sitting in your, your fancy clothes on that bench. You collecting a check, right? Or maybe not. Maybe he's suspended without pay, right? But to keep him close to that organization, to keep him close to a, to a facility, whether it be their training facility or whatever the, the services that he will need going forward, uh, I, I think is the best bet in turn. Because what you want from this is a successful outcome. You know, if we really being real about it, it's not a successful um, punishment. If that makes any sense, right? Like, it's every time I got a whooping, I wasn't thinking about the shit that I didn't do. I was thinking about, damn, <laughs> I, that was a whooping. And <laughs> that wasn't cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 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 we want successful outcomes out here. That's why we get raised differently. That's why we've been taught to parent differently, right? I, I look at my kid now. I, I couldn't imagine whooping my little guy. I can't imagine. Everybody parents differently, right? But and and I got whoopings and I everybody oh, I turned out fine. Well, no, ask my therapist every Thursday. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> you know. So what are we talking about here? Do we want do we want a a uh, successful punishment? Because any hey, fifty games, go sit your ass down and then 
two weeks later, you're doing a wellness call again, or you can't find job, or, or, or the, the, the more likely part is you can find job and it's on Instagram. And he's not playing basketball and he's got all the time in the world and him and his boys are now having the same sleep schedule. They're having the same, you know, like these, these are the things, man. These people are always around. You just got a job to do. You got to (laughs) work. You got to stay in shape. You got to get your rest. So uh, successful punishment versus successful outcome, I think is at play here. And for all the people who want him to, you know, burn at the stake. They don't give a fuck about the NBA as is, right? Mm-hmm. Those are all the conversations happening on Facebook with uncles who call travel every time they see somebody don't, you know, put the ball down, right? Like <laughs> the, the NBA's got to be very uh, aware of what they're dealing with here. And I dealing with a dude you can just throw away either. Like this is one of the, is one of your top jersey sellers, white and black kids and Asian kids alike, you know, brown, you know, every 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 shade of 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 young generational basketball player and fan loves this dude and loves his game. So you gotta do what's best for not only him, but also for your league. Um I uh I don't know what that is, but I'm sure Adam Silver has been sitting on it because you only only gonna be so many times that you uh <laughs> that you anger that 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 dude like David Stern and him could play them games all they want and pound and pound you dap you up and motherfucking do special handshakes with the players and go on all your talk shows that they like hey at the end of the night they got they got a bottom line that they have to adhere to they got 30 owners that they that they have to report to Adam Silver has to do something I just I just hope it's going to be uh, a successful outcome all right that's all the time we have for episode 250 of the full go podcast we want to thank our production staff as always the shadowy figure that is known as steve ceruti saw steve hanging out with the baby in the basement taking in a little basketball i believe it was beautiful beautiful stuff as always the family man steve ceruti uh my main man tony gill and of course the chief vibes officer Chris Sutton himself. want to thank y'all and thank you guys for downloading this thing. Thank you for sharing this thing. Thank you for rating and reviewing it, giving it the five stars you know it needs. If not, we're going to see you in the streets. Make sure you uh, you tell your family and friends about this pod. We have a lot of fun on this thing and uh, we try to do it every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday for your listening pleasure. We will catch you guys on Sunday after game two of the NBA Finals. Let's have a little bit more baseball before you jump back into some uh, some questions I have about these bears and whatever else pops up along the way. If you want to drop us a voicemail, feel free. 773-359-3103 is the voicemail line for the full go. 773-359-3103. Anything that's on your mind, feel free to do so. Uh, but until then, until Sunday, we will holler at you. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Be safe. And remember, stay sucker free. We'll holler at you.